0: Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. I'm so happy to share that this is the final episode of the series with the Medical Self-Defense Network. hope you've listened to some of the episodes. Let me know your feedback. We've had everything from harm reduction work in East Tennessee to riot medicine in France. And the most recent episode was all about combat medicine in Rojava in Northeast Syria. I'm super grateful for everyone's time and energy and all the interviews. This is the final interview where I get to speak with one of my favorite humans, Victor from the Mobile Herbal Clinic Calais. We work together in France where we maintain a monthly mobile clinic serving refugees. Victor's going to share a bit more about the project, the work we do, the kind of context. We talk about some of the medicines we use in the clinic, common conditions we see. And yeah, how people can get involved. And we also have like an interesting discussion about herbal medicine's relationship to other forms of kind of state healthcare and different groups and agencies working in Calais. And yeah, you know, Victor highlights that plant medicines are the kind of primary form of healthcare for the majority of the planet which is a really important reminder. Okay, so I hope you enjoy the show. Please check out all the links and resources in the show notes. Again, I just want to share and emphasize, like, please get in touch with MSDN if you are a healthcare worker or you're part of a project. If you'd like to be connected to folks organizing, you're really, really welcome to be part of the network. And also, we plug it in this podcast, but the Mobile Herbal Clinic Calais has an ongoing crowdfunder at the moment. Um, We're literally fundraising trip by trip to keep the project going. So if you're listen to this and you feel inspired please drop a bit of cash in the crowdfunder it would be super appreciated okay thanks for listening hi Victor welcome to the podcast I know we're we're like besties and we've been doing the project a really long time together but for people who don't know you please can you introduce yourself your pronouns and like any political affinities or projects you'd like to include that you do
1: Hi, hi. <laughs> so, yeah, my name is Victor, uh, pronouns he, him, and um, I'm a herbalist, also known as Eastern Herbalist, and I'm based in London, and I've been practicing herbal medicine for about four years, four, yeah, four years now, since I graduated from uh, the University of Westminster. And, um, well, I'm a also a field coordinator at the Mobile Herbal Clinic and I've been going to Calais with them since 2019. For those who don't know, the Mobile Herbal Clinic, formerly known as Herbalists Without Borders, is a mobile clinic that takes place in Northern France, i.e. Calais and Dunkirk, and we'll be talking more about it. And I also help to facilitate some of the um, the nature walks organized by Misery, which is a a mental health collective centered around healing for queer, trans, non-binary, melanated, global majority folks here in London. Um, our Herb Walks take place on the first Saturdays of every month. And uh, Misery also does like sober parties and events as well. Also, I have worked uh, with the International Solidarity Movement in the past, which I'm sure you're familiar with them as well. I've been supporting um, Palestinian farmers during the olive harvest. Um, international presence means that these um these farmers are less likely to suffer violence in the hands of the the Israeli occupation forces and the illegal settlers. So yes, that's me.
0: Amazing! Thank you for being here. So for people who are not aware, like about kind of the situation in Calais and Dunkirk, like we, you know, I call it like a border hotspot of people trying to get to the UK. But can you just share like a little bit of background of like what's the situation and the context for people living in France?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, the uh, being famous Calais Jungle was a temporary home for, I think, over a, more than seven thousand people at some point, and there were loads of like makeshift mosques, shops. It was really like um a small village, but then that was cleared and demolished in 2016, and since then, the uh, the refugee people have been living scattered in and around Calais and Dunkirk and um there are loads of challenges that they face there like mainly I'd say state repression and the hostile environment that comes from that uh obviously there are weekly um violent I must say evictions almost daily if I must say uh, obviously, that is conducted by the French police. They they use like tear gas, pepper spray. They will be beating up people, confiscating and destroying properties, including mobile phones. We, including, we once actually um, saw a patient who had their prescription glasses destroyed by the cops. They literally threw the specs on the ground and stepped on them and the poor ladder couldn't see anything. Yeah, I mean this is not to mention obviously like human trafficking obviously with women and, and and children being the most vulnerable there. So, yeah, I mean it's it's pretty bad.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's like um groups of people that are trying to cross to England, right? For safety. Yes, um, by
1: boat, by trucks, and by any means that they they can. Yeah.
0: And we, and I mean, we know from experience of meeting families who've then died in the channel that it's like extremely dangerous, like trying to cross by boat, and then people are often criminalized and put in prison, um, accused of being kind of traffickers, um, and then yeah, people are also risking their lives trying to get into into sort of trucks and engines and all sorts of things. Um, so yeah, what are the kind of like living conditions? like where the camps are, like where the clinic is working, like, you know, like what are people eating? Where are they sleeping? Like, you know, what's their kind of general access to healthcare?
1: Yeah. I mean, the living conditions is basically inhumane. That's not even pets, animals would live in that condition, you know, but uh, yeah, people live in tents, you know, also like if you've, if you've been to the area, you know that the climate is a bit wild, <laughs> and by wild I mean like rain and wind, like that destroys tents, make places like turn them into mud baths, uh, and that makes everything worse. Of course, uh, also there there are many agencies, obviously doing amazing work, but life is really super precarious there in the camps. Obviously, like access to clean water, showers, clothes, and food is somewhat limited and if you add relentless police violence and intimidation on top of that you didn't have like a real pressure cooker about to explode at any minute
0: where are most people coming from like that's a question we always get asked
1: yeah i mean like uh it is from places uh war zones and places that are really affected by wars really conflicts So we've got um, loads of people from Afghanistan. We have people from Syria. We have a lot, loads of Kurds from Iraq, from Iran, from Turkey. And we also have um, lots of Sudanese and people from um, East Africa. So Somalia, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and um, obviously like Sudan at the moment, we we've got like a massive influx of people from Sudan um where else we do have um some albanese people trying to reach the uk as well
0: i mean it changes right like it changes every time we go there's like somehow different patterns of people but i think yeah yeah, most people are are on the move kind of seeking asylum um in the uk and have had really intense kind of journeys throughout europe like you know experiencing violence on all sorts of borders yep um. Okay. So yeah, what is like the mobile herbal clinic Calais? Like, what? When did it start? And what? What do you do, or what do we do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I said before, the uh, the mobile herbal clinic um, Calais is a mobile clinic that um, takes place uh, in in northern France, i.e., Calais and kirk uh, and we offer acute herbal medicine, first aid healthcare access support which means like we take people to hospitals when when is needed uh and also self-care support and uh we started officially in I think in October 2019 and we have been going there every month every month ever since and And we as I said, we normally do the first week of the month because that's when uh, Red Cross, which the other medical agency operating there they're off that first week. so we try to be there for that week.
0: Amazing. And what sort of kind of health conditions are you commonly responding to? like what do we what do we see in the clinic?
1: Yeah, um, obviously that varies depending on the season. Uh, winter being the worst time, needless to say, you know the cold, the wet dump weather, uh, leads to a lot of, um, respiratory infections. So that is like rampant during that time. So we, we see lots of like coughs, you know, upper respiratory tract infections. So cough, colds, sore throats, sinusitis, um, um, s- summertime. We, we obviously have got allergy, hay, fevers, rhinitis and all that kind of thing. Um, We also see lots of um, digestive issues, obviously like a lot of people there, they are eating uh, the foods that are not really culturally appropriated. Um, So, you know, they will have, you know, they'll suffer from different sorts of like indigestions, acid reflux, diarrhea, constipation. And um, also, especially during the uh, warmer months, um, especially summertime, we see loads of skin conditions. So scabies, uh, fungal infections, itchy lesions and bites and things. And, um, obviously um, musculoskeletal system problems, obviously like from police beating people up, people falling off trucks, accidents. So there's a lot of like musculoskeletal issues and, um, what else? We do see, obviously, wounds, burns and, you know, topical things. Obviously, you are in those conditions there. So, you know, you do get, you know, all of that. Also, um, food care. We do lots of food care there. Um, you know, obviously, especially in the winter, it's cold. People wearing their footwear, they can't really take them off because obviously it's cold. They're sleeping out in the in the jungle. So that can lead to, we see loads of um, trench food, horrible cases of trench food, especially in the winter. And obviously headaches due to stress, lack of drinking water. Um, there's obviously, uh, you know, dental dental problems, d- dental issues as well. I mean, yeah, loads, loads of... Um, <laughs> Lots of stuff really.
0: Yeah, there's never a dull day, is there? It's always like yeah huge variety of of um health conditions that people yeah. are presenting with. So like, yeah, like I think a big question we get asked is kind of like what is the role of herbal medicine like within all this? Like what makes the mobile herbal clinic like different to other types of clinic? And like, yeah, what kind of medicines are we using?
1: Yeah. Well, just before I answer that question, um, I think it's worth mentioning that uh, not less than 80% of people worldwide rely on herbal medicine as part of their primary healthcare, and especially um, South America, Africa, and Asia. Uh, Having said that, uh, it does make me happy when I see patients familiar with the smell and taste of, of our medicines. So yeah, herbal medicine will be familiar to a lot of people there in the camps. Uh, also, um, it's reassuring when we hear that refugees have been asking other medical agencies like Red Cross or Medicine Du Monde for, for our medicines. That's, uh, as I said, that's really reassuring. Uh, in, by the way, in our last trip, uh, we we a member of the FAST team called us um the fast team is actually the, the first aid support team. One of the members called us to say that uh, one refugee was asking for our bruise ointment for his sciatic pain and And that's one of the own wonders of um herbal medicine, which is like one medicine, one of our medicines can be used for more than one condition, like our bruise ointment that can also be used for nerve pain like sciatic inode fractures. So uh, regarding, Yeah. So regarding the medicines uh, we carry in our dispensary, we have um, obviously like stuff for respiratory conditions. So we've got cough syrups, immune tonic, chest rubs, um, salt water for blocked nose. Uh, We also have uh, um, for respirator oh, for the digestion condition digestive condition oh, conditions yes we have our um, delicious indigestion lozenges um what else we've got we've got clay powders um <clears throat> we also have um br- as i said bruise ointments muscle skeletal um, creams um wound sprays antifungal creams yeah
0: yeah there's yeah and did you mention you mentioned like the coughs and colds right earlier so like what kind of what would you include in a pack for someone that had like just a kind of basic cold like they'd been sick for a couple of days like nothing too serious
1: yes as i said so we've got our our cough syrup which is really soothing um the immune tonic um we also have the chest rub uh salt water and am i missing anything i think that will be like the skeleton of our codes flu pack thing
0: yeah amazing and i know like that we were both involved at the time but at the beginning of the pandemic we um distributed well we made like six thousand medicines and distributed them in about 1500 packs um Just, you know, obviously at the start of the pandemic, people didn't know what we were dealing with, but we knew that, um, kind of antiviral support would be helpful and support for people with sore throats and things. And yeah. Um, okay. So I
1: I shall add as well, that um, obviously like herbalists in the, in the UK, we tend to use tinctures a lot, but we had to obviously, uh, um, to do some adjustments because of the demographics we see there. So instead of, for example, alcohol, we use glycerin and vinegars. And yes, and we have a wonderful medicine-making team in the UK doing that for us, which is great.
0: Yeah, that's really worth naming, actually, that um, most of the medicines we produce ourselves, an amazing herbalist called Louise coordinates the medicine-making and a bunch of different herbalists everywhere kind of... um, Yeah, produce things that we take. I like that was definitely a big role that I had, which I'm trying to step back from. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like in terms of like the team and how it works, like we know that like generally we have a doctor as part of the team if possible um, and that we refer people to kind of local hospital infrastructure. But I just wondered like what's the project's relationship to kind of um, like allopathic medicine or like other healthcare agencies in the region? Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: uh, we we obviously we do have, not obviously, but yeah, luckily, I'd say we do have a couple of French GPs um, working with us. And that really helps when we have to take people to hospitals or to the clinic and advocate for them to be seen. Um, I personally believe that the future of medicine is integrative medicine. Therefore, allopathic medicine has definitely a place there. You know, sometimes herbs can take a while to have an effect, and certain acute conditions would require something more fast-acting. Therefore, we would refer these patients to other medical agencies or to the lo- will take themselves to the, to the local clinic or a hospital, depending on the the condition. Uh, and also, it's very important that we understand our limitations and and yeah and then uh, you know and be humble um, about what we do uh and also we have a great relationship with the other medical agencies in the grounds such as Red Cross Medicine du Monde No Borders Medic and the fast team the first aid support team uh they respect what we do and, and in my experience they will not hesitate in referring their patients to us as well So it is really nice to be working alongside these other agencies and we kind of all, you know, support each other in a way and being being there for each other and obviously for the refugee people that we see our patients. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, how do you think the refugees like living in France, like how are they, how do they feel about herbal medicine? Like, I know you mentioned it before about people asking other groups for our medicines, but like what has been your kind of like general impression in the clinic about how people are responding to what we're offering?
1: Mm. Well, like I said, 80% of the people worldwide still rely on herbal medicine as part of their primary healthcare. So yes, People do respond well to our medicines. Um, we strive to make our internal medicines as tasty as possible. I mean, thank you, glycerine, for lending us all its sweetness without raising blood insulin. <laughs> um, as I said, also, our cough syrup is so delicious that you just you just want to eat them. <laughs> we must eat, eat it. Uh, so, yes, I, the response is great, I'd say. And our clinic is so busy from the start until we finish. I think we see an average of 80 to 100 plus people per day, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Easily. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's worth noting that we we also have like an external medicine station. So we're doing a lot of like kind of more generic first aid as well. Like we've got all the different dressings and bandages and things. So um, yeah, and we're we're obviously using the medicines that we make as much as we can. Um, so, how can how can people get involved in the clinic? Like, what sort of support is needed right now? Well,
1: well, there are many ways people can get involved. You don't need to be a herbalist or work in healthcare to to be part of the mobile herbal clinic. Um, obviously, as we mentioned before, we we do need lots of volunteers to help um, our um, um, herbalist um, Louise to do to make the medicines. You also don't need to be there in person to be helping. You could do parts that can be sent to Louise's farm and then we assemble everything in there to make the medicines. So you could be making medicines remotely as well. Uh, we also need uh, people to help us out with admin roles like doing emails, fundraising, and, um, and obviously people that are, that have medical or, you know, like clinical, um, uh, uh, experience, we obviously are always in desperate need for people to, to come and join us in the, in the field, in the ground there. Um, yes. And also like, if you are unable to do any of these, you can always help us financially because we are always in need of funds. We don't have anyone at the moment that is... Supporting us financially, so we are relying on, uh, you know, on people that follow our work and 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 appreciate what we do. So, yeah,
0: yeah, it's literally been fundraising trip by trip, hasn't yes. it? The last few months. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'll put the link to the crowdfunder in the show yes. notes. Um, is there yeah, is there anything else you'd like to share about the project?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I I you know I'm I'm very happy to see that. Pro- it's probably the only project of its kind I mean working with herbal medicine in a context like that so I think it's I'm very proud and 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 happy to see how far we 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 came and and we're still there we're still going you know there are many moments we thought oh my god we're gonna fall apart you know we're not gonna have the capacity anymore but we're still there Think to all the support that we've been getting, and yeah, I'm, you know, I'm very happy and excited to our, the future of the clinic, and hopefully we can keep providing to the people there medicine because obviously, you know, healthcare is 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 something that you know everyone should have access to,
0: you know. So. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I really love the project as well in this like context of um, medical self-defense, like, which is, you know, the podcast series is all about interviewing different medics around the world, because I think like, um, you know, like we really learned at the beginning of the pandemic, like how much supply chains were affected, you know, for different like pharmaceutical medications and we were really able to kind of grow what we needed and make what we needed Mm. from our supplies. And I think it really builds in this kind of like, yeah, this resilience and this autonomy. And like, I know when we're supporting refugees, like it's always about, yeah, like enabling autonomy for people. So we'll give them packs of dressings and a wound spray so that Mm. they can clean their own wounds. So they don't have to come to us, for example, um, or like things like cough syrup and stuff, it does enable someone to like, take care of themselves. Like as long as they know where they can go to hospital, if they don't get any better then then we've kind of safeguarded, but yeah. Yeah. Like, do you have any, you know, like we've had so many chats over the years about, you know, apocalypse situations and like herbal (laughs) medicine and like i know we're both a little bit kind of like prepper-esque but i just wondered like what your feelings were in terms of like herbal medicine in this like bigger context around community self-defense or maybe you could even mention misery again of like yeah like what does this kind of look like in terms of us all like surviving and hopefully ending capitalism
1: yeah well i mean herbal medicine is essentially people's medicine really so yeah i mean i think you know i think b- being able to to reconnect to it is is it's just amazing really you know i mean yeah i mean as i said to, as i said before um, uh, integrative medicine i believe the integrative medicine is the future so you know get all these different uh branches of healthcare practice together, like osteopathy, herbal medicine, acupuncture, you know, allopathic medicine, all of that. But, um, yeah, like, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that, yeah, herbal medicine is, is, is us because we are nature, right? We, we, we tend to see us kind of separated from nature, but we are nature. We are part of it. You know, we are herbal medicine, you know? So, yeah.
0: Wow. Amazing. Very inspiring. Okay, so thank you so much for your time today, uh, and thanks
1: for inviting me.
0: Yeah, for anyone listening, you can. I'll put links to the clinic website in the show notes and the crowdfunder. Yes. And if you work in the medical field like you're a doctor or nurse or you're a herbalist we would really love you to join the team yes um, please. we have four people working every single month with a unique combination of skills and without them like the project can't happen so please get in touch okay thank you so much victor that was thank amazing. you for
1: having me bye. No bye
0: thanks so much for listening to the frontline herbalism podcast you can find the transcript, the links all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org/podcast.